Greetings, one and all, and welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. My name is Mike Householder, and I'm your host, and I'm joined, as always, by Emily Langpaul. Hello, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. The uh, continuation of social distancing continues on this podcast. So you are home, are you not, right now? I am home. Excellent. But you are working hard, I know that, um, because we are on video calls all week long. Joining us today are some familiar faces to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast, uh, and we are so glad to have you guys both back. Colette Nelson is the director of our pastoral care team here at Hope. Hello, Colette. Hello. Welcome back, and you know him, you love him, uh, the leadoff hitter in our lineup, Pastor Jeremy Johnson. Welcome back, Jeremy. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me today. So this uh, episode of our podcast, we want to talk about Holy Week, and we want to talk about it in context with what we're dealing with as, I was going to say as a community, but it's bigger than that, as a world. Uh, This COVID-19 season of uncertainty, these difficult days for so many people, even if it isn't for you, it's difficult for some. Uh, So we want to talk about uh, this Holy Week in, with the backdrop of COVID-19 and talk about it as a Holy Week heart check uh, and kind of get to the heart of, of what Holy Week is really all about, the stories that we get to share and celebrate and rejoice in, uh, the stories that stand at the heart and center of our Christian faith. Uh, and I'm so glad you guys are here to, to join us for that. So without further ado, Emily, uh, let's dive right into our two-minute drill. Let's do it. Two-minute drill. First question to you, Colette. We have, as a church, uh, decided part of our mission during this season of uncertainty is to make a lot of calls. Why are we deciding to make uh, 25,000-some calls to some of our best friends here? (laughs) Well, for the same reason we just do church. Uh, We are better together. We say that all the time. And so whether that's in the building or outside of the building, community is important. I think also uh, knowing that we're all uh, kind of struggling with isolation and the separation, I think it's really important. Some of these phone calls have been phenomenal ways to connect with people just in their life. Uh, One of the phone calls I made, uh, a newborn baby was crying in the background because they had just uh, given birth. And uh, so we're just entering into those spaces, whatever that looks like to meet people where they're at in the midst of this and just know, let them know that they're loved and they're not alone. So let me just follow up on that. I want to make sure I got this right. So when you're making these care calls, we're we're making as a church... 25,000 calls to households in our church community, our family, all of our different campuses. So all of our pastors and our care team folks and our chaplains are busy making these calls. Uh, So pick up your phone uh, if you're in the Hope family and you get one of these calls. It's us. We're just checking in to see if you're okay. But let me get this straight. You didn't call while there was a live birth going on. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) It was was later. Yeah, it was later. Okay, yes, it okay. was later. I thought but that would be interesting timing, right? That would be interesting timing. But uh, no, we we are are entering into people's lives in in new and unique ways, but not quite that unique. <laughs> well, you know, you talked about it in terms of mission, but why is it important for us to make these calls? What what what's underneath it? Well, it's 
we're a whole family to one another and it's how we stay connected. Um, it's how we do life together right now. Um, we care and, uh, about each and every one of our church members. And so we want them to know that that hasn't changed just because we're not in the building together. Yeah. It strikes me that there isn't a bigger part of our mission right now. I mean, we're, we're focused and we'll talk about some of these other things. We're reaching out to the community. Uh, we're also reaching out in terms of worship and posting all of our worship services online. We've moved it all online. But I can't think of anything more important for us to continue to not just be high-tech, but to be high-touch and, and to have those connecting calls with our family. It's, it's so important. Sally, my wife and I um, had a uh, video call with our family, our kids, our adult kids who live in different places around the country the other night. That was really, really fun. It's just fun mm-hmm. to see each other and talk to each other and be um, dysfunctional together again, you know, as a family and do all those things families do and laugh the, and tell the jokes that only we know. Uh, we're church family, so we want to make those connections. We want to yep. make sure people are doing okay. And if folks uh, in this community, in our church family, but also outside our church family, if there's something that we can do, uh, you do not have to wait for us to call, but, but reach out and, and let us know, and we will do whatever we possibly can uh, to get through this together. So uh, we went over the two minutes, but I think that's important. I don't think there's a more important thing that we're going to talk about today than the importance of keeping connected uh, to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ and the body of Christ. So let's keep making those calls and be ready to pick up your phones, folks. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Jeremy, next question to you is extending that uh, mission right now is really important to us. So what are some ways that people who are so healthy right now, uh, what, how, what are ways they can help out? Yeah, so we have something that started um, years ago called the God Squad. And the God Squad was people who could sign up and say, hey, I am able to do whatever you need to do. If people have things that need to be done, I would love to help that out. And so uh, prior to this whole thing happening, we had about 120 to 130 people on the God Squad. Since that took place, uh, there's over 600 people that have signed up to be a part of the God Squad. And so they're doing a whole lot of different things. We, uh, Because of the reality of social distancing and all that stuff, it's not like we can say, hey, everybody come and meet at the church because that's just not safe. And so we've reached out to our local mission partners, and there are all of these uh, things that the, the people are going to do. Uh, on our website now, if you click on the, the very, on, on our homepage, the COVID-19 updates, you can click on that. And there literally, every time we get updates, there's a list of things that you can do. So for example, right now, uh, with one of our mission partners called Hope Ministries, we are assembling and packing food for people. So people can come uh, and the people who are food insecure can literally come and pick up food. Uh, They're doing pod pockets, which are uh, assembling laundry detergent for people who aren't able to get laundry detergent. So uh, things like that. We're working um, uh, in, in one of the reports that came out last week uh, it's being more and more common for people to want to wear masks, um, not the the masks that are approved for medical workers and things like that, but people as they go out into the community to protect themselves and wear cloth masks. So on our website, we have a link, a YouTube link, where people can learn how to make a mask. And so we've said to uh, people who are a part of the God Squad, make a mask and you can drop them off at our Hope campuses and we'd love to receive them and help to be a distribution center for people who need masks. We're working with other local mission partners. I, 
as you could tell, Emily, I could go on and yeah. on. And on. <laughs> too, uh, too bad you have no passion for missions and outreach, uh, uh, Pastor Jeremy. Uh, it, but it's really a big part of the heart of this church, and it's part of the holiness of Holy Week. Holy means set apart. Yeah. So God sets things apart. And I think in, in some ways, even though uh, this is, there, there's definite darkness here, and there's, there's uh, illness and sadness and uh, loneliness and, uh, and separation, and there's death even. So that's, that's about as dark as it can get. We've never had a time like this. This is unprecedented times. Uh, but even in the midst of that, it's, it's like Joseph says to his brothers at the end of Genesis 15. We've been quoting that a lot around this church lately. Uh, what you intended for bad, God is using for good. And God's going to use this to save more and more people. And, and we see that happening. That's holy. God is setting apart this time in the midst of the darkness to shine his light. And missions is one of the best ways that we can do that. Caring for people we maybe don't even know who they mm-hmm. are. Why? Because we're the church, not because we're such great people, uh, but because Christ calls us to this. So, so if we belong to Christ, as we do through faith, uh, then this, this uh, connection that we have with Christ inspires us to go and serve and, and to care and to uh, be a light for that darkness and reflect that light into those dark places. We're also, I know, partnering with uh, local county uh, organizations, government organizations. Uh, we've worked with the executive director of Polk County uh, Services to... Um, let them know that we're available for emergency child care at, at some of our campus buildings for first responders. Uh, we are uh, talking uh, and continue to be open to becoming a place. Let's say things get really bad. And we're praying that they won't. But if things get really bad, that hope would become a, uh, a potential uh, place for a makeshift hospital patients uh, to receive care if our hospitals are overrun. We are not just here to have worship services and to hang out and to, um, you know, do Bible studies together, as important as those things are. We're here to take what's happening in the midst of those services and those studies and let it soak in and change us and, and transform us and, and to be people who are on this mission from God. So uh, we're making care calls. That Colette's <laughs> leading that charge. We're, we're doing outreach projects at all of our campuses uh, all over um, the community, and we're also uh, deeply concerned, and this gets back to you, Colette, uh, about the mental health of folks in this community. So, Emily, go ahead and, and lead us into our next question. Yeah, Colette, the next question is about folks who are hurting during this time. What would you say to anyone who is hurting or lonely or depressed or anxious right now? Mm-hmm. This is such a important topic. The last time I was on here, we talked about depression, anxiety, and had we had any clue that we were going to be up against this, um, it would have been even more, uh, even more relevant. But um, I'm finding more and more uh, people that have never dealt with anxiety and depression are all of a sudden dealing with it because we are living in a world that is dealing with trauma and grief uh, through all of this. And so there's just this undercurrent, I think, for everyone in regard to that, um, we have created a, an emotional checklist uh, that we've put on our website. It's on uh, the update uh, on that first page at the top where uh, we keep updates on COVID-19. It will be there as well as the care page. It gives you kind of some uh, things to do to kind of keep yourself in check, like exercising and eating right and things like that. 
and also gives you an opportunity to kind of write out some things in regard to how this is affecting you. Um, so that's one way. Um, the other really great thing is that um, most of our counselors in our community have gone to telehealth uh, counseling services that are being covered by insurance. And so um, those counselors are still out there doing what they do. Um, we also are still here doing what we're doing. So a lot of care calls um, and conversations with people in regard to that. Um, I also would say another really great thing um, I know for myself when I'm um, struggling and when we're sitting in isolation, it's really easy to kind of get stuck in our own head, in our own stuff. Uh, we just launched a prayer wall that we put up on our um, website that allows each one of us to step out of ourselves and pray for other people. And so in doing that, you hop on there, you can read the prayer, pray for it, and click on the little button that says, I've prayed for you. And that gives you also something that kind of keeps you actively engaged in, in what otherwise sometimes feels like a helpless situation. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned prayer at, at the end of those comments, Colette. We're a church of prayer, uh, and we're a church that deeply cares about the, the health of the people in our church family and in this community. And because of that, I also want to highlight something that you hit on in your response uh, to that good question, which is uh, we are here to provide pastoral care for people, right? To come alongside of them, to pray for them, um, to uh, encourage, to support, uh, to lift up. But we also partner with um, therapists and counselors and psychologists and and, uh, teams of, of professional uh, counselors in this community, uh, a lot of whom are a part of our church family as well, and some who are part of other church families. We're all on the same team. Uh, yeah. But we refer a lot, too, to these places. And I want to encourage people um, to tap into those uh, open doors as well, uh, mm-hmm. to uh, stay in touch with your therapist if you're getting therapy, to, to stay in touch with the people who are professionals at this, and to know that we are here for you as a church. Uh, we are here to care for you. We're here to pray for you. We're here to support you. We're here to walk alongside you. And sometimes we're here to refer you uh, mm-hmm. to those in our community who can give you the help you need. We, we care enough about you not to pretend that we're uh, you know, brain surgeons when actually we're the clinical people who are, are doing something else. And so we're not going to do brain surgery, but we know some really good brain surgeons, I guess is the, is the metaphor, right? So we want to we help uh, in that way as well. So, wow, already, right? It's a holy week. We are caring for people with these calls. We're reaching out in mission to this community and serving as, in whatever possible way we can according to the ways we can. We are um, concerned about the mental well-being of folks. In, and that's why, you know, Colette, you mentioned it. You were on this podcast a few weeks ago, you and Pastor Ben, and talked about mental health issues. But we had no idea that that no. this virus would be so uh, so consuming and would change the way we function and live as a world. And so I'm so glad that you were able to speak to that again today in light no. of what's going on. Next mm-hmm. question, Emily, I'm taking over. I'm going to send it to you yeah. uh, because this is definitely your area of ministry. Uh, and it's about kids these days. What is Hope doing for kids and teens to help them grow spiritually and connect with friends during this time? Yeah, well, we're trying to do a lot because just like we're talking about all these things adults are experiencing, we know that kids and teenagers are experiencing the same things and in the same ways they're able to give back and think of others during this time. And so 
Um, a few things. Uh, by age group for junior high or power life confirmation ministry, we have online gatherings still every week, Wednesdays at seven o'clock. We have the same for Ignition for high school students. That's at 7.30 on Wednesdays, and those are on YouTube Live. And so at those times, students can get on and watch um, kind of this online gathering together. We've had great community in the comments as we pray together. Everyone's typing amen, and they're saying, hey, it's so-and-so for my group here. Um, and so we're doing uh, online. Uh, we're worshiping through song together and praying together and having a message. Um, and those uh, age groups are also having different challenges uh, through social media. We're connecting in various ways. Um, so for example, Power Life threw out a challenge for all their students to set a timer on their phone uh, for a certain time each day. And everyone was going to stop and pray when their uh, timer went off. And cool. um, Ignition's doing similar things with just using this time to try to develop really healthy spiritual rhythms that we can use this for good. Um, and I can tell you the staff are taking that really seriously. I was on a call a few days later, a video call like this with Justin Stofa and his alarm went off and he's like, sorry, Emily, we got to stop and everyone has to pray with me uh, <laughs> because we want to model that too. Um, Justin so is our, Justin is our junior high minister, right? Yeah. Yes. Here at Hope. I thought, I thought we should probably mention that, but yeah, that's, that shows his commitment and dedication. I'm sorry. You were saying. Absolutely. It does. So we're uh, trying to connect with students in all of those ways. And for kids, we have a lot out there for families to do uh, together. I know as a mom, I right now need all the activities and all the church that I can get. And so we're uh, providing stuff each day to do as a family. Those vary between different games, uh, different memory verse activities, prayer activities. There's uh, Coach Carter, who is our two-minute drill guy. Uh, does some movement stuff. Um, and then every Wednesday they have a video teaching released on YouTube so that students can really still get that if they were experiencing that at Hope Kids. Um, and on the weekends, we want families to be worshiping together. And so we provide resources that you can print out and they can, they go along with the sermon topic and just make it so that students can engage uh, hopefully in all the same ways that they're used to. Yeah, there, there's really nothing like it. You and your team are going above and beyond to produce all these resources for kids and students uh, of all different ages and for their parents, too. As yeah. you were saying, as a parent, it's nice to have that. Uh, you yeah. can't get too much church and you can't get too many activities. And you and your team are really putting out a lot of great, great stuff. And And not just, okay, here's something to do. It's here's something to do that will use this season to increase your faith and, and we'll strengthen it and draw you closer to God. What a great opportunity this is uh, truly to uh, discover some things or rediscover some things that are going to bless us, not just for a little while, but for forever. You, you mentioned these activities for worship. So during, after the weekend services this weekend, I noticed a lot of people on social media were posting videos of their kids uh, with the palm branches that they made for Palm Sunday yeah. at home, the the homemade stuff. And then they're shouting Hosanna back and forth while I'm preaching. I was saying, okay, everybody shout Hosanna. And uh, as I was doing that, I sensed that it's not just kids, but a lot of people, because that's a great Christian tradition. Yeah. Uh, as we were doing that, my wife said, oh, I really love Palm Sunday. There's just something about it. And yeah. saying Hosanna, which means save us right now, as I preached about in the sermon, so to shout that back and forth just takes on a whole new meaning. And then to see all these social media posts and these videos of 
of these cute, cute kids. I mean, <laughs> Hope kids are so, so like above average in every way. They are. <laughs> and they're just shouting Hosanna. And, and then you start to realize, okay, multiply that by a few thousand mm-hmm. homes. Uh, over 50,000 people are tuning into our messages now on weekends, which just kind of blows my mind. It's more than yeah. doubled, almost tripled. It has more than tripled, actually, if I'm doing the math correctly, uh, from our regular weekend attendance. And so we're just seeing God move in some powerful ways, and, and Youth and Family Ministries is a huge part of that. So uh, let's move to our last question in the drill. Yeah. Uh, last one to Jeremy. What will worship be like uh, this Holy Week at HopeOnline.tv? Well, if worship's what you want, worship's what you're going to get. We have so many <laughs> amazing things that are coming up. Uh, we have Monday Thursday services on, on Thursday at noon, 5 and 7. Uh, we're going to have the opportunity to hear about Jesus in the Last Supper. So uh, that will be on all of our streaming platforms. It's going to be an amazing time of worship. And then Good Friday uh, which has had it's a it's a tradition that's you know how 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 old is the tradition of celebrating Good Friday, um, but we've kind of had our own tradition at Hope where we've had uh, seven different uh, preachers do on the seven last words of Jesus, and we're going to do that campus wide, and so each campus is going to take a, a, another word and going to have a couple people that are going to preach on that, and I don't know if I could be more excited about that service. That service is always so touching to me, and I can't wait for that service. So then that's Friday at noon, five and seven. And then Easter services will uh, start on Sunday morning. And, you know, it's been a theme, Mike, I know that you've preached on continually through this time of, you know, that resurrection's coming and new life is coming. And this weekend you talked about salvation is this gift that God is bringing. Uh, And I believe that, you know, obviously Easter services are going to look different this year because we're uh, we're we're going to be in our homes, but I don't know if there's an Easter that I've looked more forward to than this year. Mm-hmm. I just I I can't imagine how receptive all of our hearts are going to be. So that's uh, for that. So that's starting Sunday morning at six thirty, uh, and then eight o'clock, and then nine thirty, and then eleven, and then again at five p.m. And then we'll have our traditional sun our traditional service uh, will be right re- re- or it'll be uh, uh, put up on our website that evening as well. So it's going to be man, there's going to be a lot of ways to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's going to be, it, there's going to be some surprises as, as always there are surprises along the way. And so you're not going to want to miss any of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I get excited every Holy Week for worship and this year is going to be no different. It's going to be different in terms of how we actually functionally do it, but it's going to be no different. And in fact, I think it could be uh, and this is our deeper dive. So let's take our deeper dive into this. I really think that this could be a holy week to remember. Um, Colette, as I, I see you um, there on the screen, uh, we go way back. Uh, yeah. I, th- uh, you, I think your first Easter at Hope had to be at Living History Farms. Yeah. Uh, back, that would have been 1994. Uh, so 26 years ago, um, yep. this, this holy week. Uh, we we met in the chapel at Living History Farms where Hope was meeting at the time every Sunday because we said if it's good enough for the Pope, it's good enough for Hope. Uh, <laughs> it, they they built that chapel in honor of, of Pope John Paul's visit to Des Moines uh, many, many years ago. I think it was 79. But we met there in that chapel, and Easter that year was so special because here we are, this new church. I don't know if you have any memories of that or what it was like to be church back when there were about 150 of us all together um, that Easter. Uh, but 
contrast that to what God has done at Hope, and uh, it's 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 pretty rich. What what is it that you remember from those days at Living History Farms and Holy Week and, and Easter? Well, I remember still being in denial that this was a big church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we were all looking for a nice small church, right? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah I, we were, but. I don't know. It was uh, it was such a beautiful, uh, just small community of people that gathered, and it was um, so incredible. But I also, from my experience, didn't grow up with uh, the traditions of Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, all of those services leading up to Easter. Yep. And I'm telling you what, my life has been so enriched. And I'm so excited about this year because I think more people than ever are going to maybe for the first time check out all of those services that lead up to Easter. And once you do that, you realize that Easter isn't Easter without those other services. And so I think there's some really uh, beautiful things to come this year. Well, you said it, that the empty tomb isn't as meaningful without the cross. Right. Easter doesn't make as nearly as much sense without Good Friday because he, he's risen from what? We didn't go through the experience of remembering and <laughs> um, taking some time out of our day on Good Friday to remember that Jesus made this huge sacrifice uh, for the human race, that his death on the cross was the sacrifice that heals the sins of the world. Uh, and so the resurrection means so much more if we've gone through that experience instead of just going from Palm Sunday to Easter. Uh, we follow Jesus from uh, Palm Sunday to the cross. And even before that, the day before that, as you mentioned, um, the great traditions uh, of the church during Holy Week, Maundy Thursday, Maundy means mandate. It's a Latin word uh, that means the mandate that Jesus gave to us as his followers when he was in the upper room with his disciples. As he's sharing the Last Supper with his disciples, he gave this new commandment, this new mandate which is love one another the way I've loved you, which is what we're talking about today. It's what makes this a holy week, is that we know God loves us, and inspired by that love, we reach out. We reach out to our church family. Uh, We reach out to this community to serve. Uh, We come alongside and check in with people who struggle with mental health issues. Uh, We don't forget kids and parents and families uh, along the way, that we aren't a church that says, well, once kids grow up, they can be a part of the church. They're part of the church right now, uh, and we continue to worship, too. Uh, it's Good Friday that helps make Easter more meaningful, but it's also Maundy Thursday, too. Jeremy, we have plans to do the Lord's Supper on Maundy Thursday. People might be thinking, man, I really miss the sacrament of Holy Communion. I do. Uh, I, I, it, it's been, it's, you know, we, we offer that weekly at a bunch of our services here at Hope and monthly at all the other ones. Uh, it's a big part of what we do together as a church. And so we've kind of been holding off because it's very difficult to do uh, when people are in thousands of different places. But we prayed about it. We got together. We, we did the Bible study and the theology on it. Uh, what is it that we're planning to do for Monday Thursday communion? Yeah, and so you can get, a, you can get, a, you can get ready early. What we're going to do is we're going to encourage people to, to get, get some sort of bread from their home uh, at, during worship to get either grape juice or, or, or wine. It doesn't have to be grape juice, some sort of juice or wine. Uh, Jesus never says it has to be grape juice. Uh, is, that's, uh, is two buck chuck okay from Trader Joe's? Is that, is that, is that all right? Or yeah. wine, wine in a box? Can you get that right. still somewhere? Yeah. yeah. 
and so we're gonna we're gonna have people gather that, and then at the end of the service, and I believe that this might be one of the most meaningful times of communion in a person's life because you're going to be if you're somebody who is at home right now and you are social distanced without family without friends you live by yourself you're going to receive the body and blood of jesus christ you're going to commune with him and that that that's offered to us daily and moment by moment through the power of his holy spirit but we're going to join with one another in this act where we come into the presence. We have real presence with Jesus through through the bread or whatever kind of bread it is that you have or through the wine or, or type of juice that you're going to use. And so uh, we will participate. The instructions will be very easy. And it might be probably, Mike, you probably would know this more than I would, the, the largest one-time uh, communion gathering in Lutheran Church of Hope's history because we're all going to be doing it. Yeah. in thousands of different places on on Thursday. And I I have a feeling that this might be a time where people are going to look back to and say that that was one of the it moments for me in my faith. Yeah, talk about a holy week to remember. Uh, talk, talk about a, a memorable holy moment, a holy meaning God setting it aside for us. What is it that Jesus says in, in the Gospels in the upper room as he's sharing this Passover meal with his disciples he says, this is my body given for you, and this is my blood shed for you. So the, the bread of the Passover meal, Jesus says, okay, new covenant, new testament, new deal. Um, the old co- covenant, the old testament was that this, this bread reminds you of the Passover uh, during the time of the Exodus. Now the new covenant, the new testament, the new deal is, this is now my body. So that when you receive this bread, it's still bread. That's what we believe. Uh, it's, it still tastes like bread, looks like bread. It is bread. Uh, but Christ is in it. And so we're just taking Jesus at his word. It's not that the bread is magical, or it's not that the Welch's grape juice or, or the wine that you have on Thursday for our Monday Thursday services, it's not the bread and the wine itself. That's not what scripture says. It's the promise of God's word behind it. This is my body. So we take this ordinary element, bread, and, and this ordinary grape juice or wine, and we trust that Jesus' promises are true. So now this bread, we say, yeah, it's still bread, but Jesus promises to be in this, in this moment. And this is still grape juice or wine, but Jesus promises to be in this. And he says, now this is my blood. And so when we receive it together, we aren't just receiving a symbol uh, of something that happened once upon a time. We're receiving Christ. We're, it's, it's that psalm comes to life, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Mm-hmm. So it's something that we can taste and something that we can physically feel, as, as we receive this together and experience the fullness of God's love that he pours out, not just for his disciples once upon a time, but for us too. But then Jesus said this, it just strikes me, if we're talking about making Holy Week memorable and a Holy Week heart check in this episode of this podcast, it strikes me that when Jesus says the next phrase, do this in remembrance of me, right? Do this to remember me. Talk about a, a communion service to remember, Talk about a, a Holy Week moment uh, that we will never forget. We'll never forget the kids worshiping in thousands of homes with their palm branches that they made, shouting Hosanna, and, and on the Facebook Live chat room as people are watching it, it's, you know, all these people are commenting, Hosanna, 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 and, and shouting it back. Uh, and on Mon- it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. On Maundy Thursday, that there'd be thousands of people at once who are receiving, not because we say so, but because Christ promises. Yeah. This is 
my body, this is my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. <laughs> That's holy. That's set apart for us. What a gift. And so we get to receive that together, together on Thursday, and especially since we haven't taken it for a long time. Uh, it's been three weeks plus since we all were together and had communion together as a church family. And so by the time Thursday rolls around, it's almost a full month since we were able to share in this meal together as a church. I think this could be the most memorable Maundy Thursday we've ever had. So when Jesus says, do this to remember me, wow, that really sings to me. What an opportunity. And think about this. One of the things that just struck me, Mike, when you said that, is we have more visitors to worship now online than we've ever had before. So not only have people not taken this, uh, received this gift in, in over a month, this might be the very first time anybody receives uh, the gift of communion in their life. And so maybe it's a great time to invite somebody to these services, to share it with them, to say, hey, I want you to, want you to worship with me and just check this out because, I mean, that's going to be holy for those of us who haven't been able to participate in it for some time, but that's a life changer. It really is a life changer. Yeah, it, it strikes me that um, this is the biggest table we've ever had <laughs> for, <laughs> for the Lord's Supper, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, and it's a holy thing. And at the same time, uh, so there's the theology of that, right? That Christ is enough to unite us all at the same moment by having us share the same meal at the same time together. So Colette, you and your family, and Emily, you and your family, and Jeremy, you and your family, and my family and I, and, and the preachers who will be preaching uh, Amanda, Richard, and Ben are going to be co-preaching together that day in the band. We're all receiving the same meal together uh, mm-hmm. at the same time, and that's the power uh, of, of Christ's ability to unite us. So theologically, we know that's true. Theologically, we also know that, that Jesus is not limited by our menu, right? So it doesn't... You say, well, a, a special sort of ordained person has to consecrate the elements or it doesn't really take or it isn't real. And I, while I respect any tradition that would suggest that or say that, I, I would add this, that that isn't biblical. That actually what's going on biblically here is that Jesus Christ is the one who makes this bread and this wine holy. Uh, and so our faith and the promises of God's word behind the, the giving of this bread and wine so that we will announce the words, we'll proclaim the words of institution in the night that Jesus was betrayed, and it'll go out through the airwaves, through the broadcast airwaves to all these different homes, and then people can receive it together. That's going to be a rich experience, uh, and I, I just don't think we're going to forget that. That's just Thursday. And as you mentioned, Jeremy and Colette, th- then there's Friday, and then uh, Easter. Easter's going to be different too, right, Emily? So here we are. Oh. Uh, you know, that's a big day for kids. Uh, that's a big day for families. That's a big day for grown-ups of all ages. Uh, in Easter, usually we have a big party here at the church, right, for all the kids who come on Saturday and Sunday and a big Easter egg hunt and Easter yeah. activities. Um, is any of that going to transfer online? Are there going to be some resources for families for Easter too? Yeah, absolutely. So we will start sharing those. We also have great activities leading up to Easter. So just like we're talking about the services, um, there's like this amazing Easter Bible scavenger hunt where you look up a verse uh, in the story and then you go find an item the same color as the item you read in the story and things like that to prepare as a family. And then, yes, there will be resources. Uh, So this weekend, as you're worshiping together, your kids can join in in multiple ways. That's awesome. Easter's going to be awesome. We, we looked into a couple of different possibilities. We looked into drive-in worship. 
but because our church, we even have talked to them all about it, and we might do that in the future, on a future Sunday. They've been so good to talk to us about this. Uh, but we decided online worship would be actually better for us this Easter because we went there and physically looked around, and we realized if you're parked behind a truck, good luck <laughs> trying to see uh, you know, somebody on the other side of the mall parking lot. Uh, so we're going to do that in smaller ways in, in the future if this virus season continues longer than we want it to. But for Easter, we wanted to pour all of our energy into creating services online that will take very seriously the most important good news uh, that we have to announce that is the main event of the Christian faith, that Jesus Christ is risen, uh, and he is risen uh, as a victor over enemies that we can't defeat. Uh, Our theme for Easter this year is it's a beautiful day. Uh, and forever happens. And so we are going to, it's going to be a beautiful day. I don't care what the weather is. It's going to be a beautiful day to worship the Lord because we have some incredibly good news, some incredible good news to celebrate. Uh, I'm so glad that I get to be church with you guys. Uh, I, I look at you and I think about your commitment to Christ and to his church uh, and to the people who are a part of this church family, to the way you're reaching out to them. Uh, coordinating 25,000 calls, Colette, thank you, um, to the way you're caring for people who have struggles with depression or anxiety, uh, to the way we are serving this community, Jeremy, the, the efforts you're spearheading, uh, to, to the way that we are caring for families, Emily, the efforts that you're spearheading. Thank you guys so much uh, for being the church and, and that we get to do this together is one of the great blessings of my life. So that's, that's why you're on this podcast a lot, and you'll be on again uh, soon. So it's mic drop moment time. Let's, uh, let's go around the horn, and we'll wrap this up by giving a quick summary of anything that stood out for you in this conversation that was the mic drop moment, something you learned, something you're going to take away. Any good conversation, there's something that we just take away, and maybe a few hours later, we're still kind of chewing on that or thinking about it. Uh, that's the mic drop moment. So what was that for you today, Emily? Well, I think uh, we talked about all these things that we're doing, and Mike, you summed it up for me by saying, we are doing this because we know that God loves us, and so we love others. And we're talking here about just some of the ways that we're doing that, and there are so many others. And um, and so I encourage people, that's that's what we want to do. That's what we're called to do, um, and we're doing it uh, because of God's love. Amen. Well said, sister. You preach it. Jeremy, <laughs> Pastor Jeremy, <laughs> mic drop moment. There's a bunch of them, but, I'll, but I'll, for me, um, the, the whole conversation, but just at the end, thinking about Easter again, it, it it's just moves me. And I, I don't know how I'll even be able to say a word on Sunday um, because yeah. of how it's, it, I just can't, I don't, I'm sure it hits different, different people at different times in their lives, but man, we need resurrection right now. And so I just can't wait. I just can't wait for it. And I can't wait to celebrate with all the people who will be celebrating, not just with Lutheran Church of Hope, but all over the world at a time when we have a common, uh, we have a common enemy all the time in sin, death, and evil, but we have a common common enemy right now worldwide, and that's this virus. And so we get to celebrate a God who who has victory over that. So when you said Christ is victor, that to me was just like, that's it. When when has our world needed a victory more? Collectively, all of us looking for the same victory over the same thing. 
And then in the context of the good news of Easter, to know that there's even better news than that, that that's great and it's going to happen and God promises uh, mm-hmm. that we will be restored. Uh, as the psalmist cries out in Psalm 80, restore us, God, and God hears it. He hears our prayers and he's, got, he's like, I'm, I'm getting there. We're, this is going to mm-hmm. happen. Restoration is coming. Uh, and, and to know that that good news, that victory is ours, Jeremy, that's really, really well said. Uh, on on this, this weekend when I preached my Palm Sunday sermon, people have asked me, who are you looking at while you're preaching? Uh, and the answer is, God bless them, the band is sitting out there, uh, and there are some camera people behind the cameras, the camera operators, uh, and so I'm preaching to them, uh, and my wife, my incredibly faithful, wonderful, um, all-in wife, uh, who's, who's like this inc- this secret weapon for hope, uh, this unpaid staff person <laughs> Uh, who is constantly pouring in and, and helping discern things uh, for all of us, especially me. She was discerning that as I, was, I got done preaching on Palm Sunday, she goes, my goodness, you were pretty ramped up there <laughs> at the end. And, and I was because it's never, it's never really been about how many people are sitting in the room for me. It's mm-hmm. that, I mean, this is going to get me kind of emotional. It's that I get to share this good news. Mm-hmm. And even if there's only four people operating cameras and, and a worship band spread out over a 2,600-seat sanctuary, so they're really spread out. Uh, I, uh, I am so honored that I get to share that, that good news of victory that you talk about, Jeremy. That is a mic drop of all mic drops, that we worship a God of victories. We worship a God of healing. We worship a God who will put this virus in its place, uh, and we hold on in the meantime. We hold on to hope, and we keep the faith. Colette, your, uh, your mic drop moment. Wow, so many. But I think um, in everything we've talked about today, uh, it just is, it reminds me of, of how God is giving us new vision uh, to see things. So even our, uh, you know, our mission statement, reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ, looks so entirely different right now. And it's really incredible how God is giving us new eyes to see, um, how to connect with people, how to be the church, how to be community. And as we talk about even Easter, um, having so many of our things stripped away from us, but really getting to the core of who Jesus is and why it's important is a beautiful thing. Well said, Colette. Thank you. Thanks thanks again, you guys. My mic drop moment uh, was very similar to what I said uh, during the deeper dive, which is I'm so glad I get to do church together with you. Uh, I'm so glad because we're better together. So in hearing different parts of the conversation, Colette, when you said how Holy Week kind of brought things to life for you spiritually that maybe you would have missed because it wasn't a part of your tradition before to not just jump to Easter, but to go through Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday to get there and how that enriches our faith. Um, those are the kinds of things that I hope people hear. And, and I hope people realize this is a, if you're not in the, in the um, habit of embracing those traditions, this would be a good year to start. Uh, to, to take everything God has for us, because nothing less will do. But I want to say, mic drop for me is the revelation that it's not just a blessing that I get to do church with you, and you represent our entire staff here at Hope at all of our campuses and local sites, but that I get to do church together with all of you. Uh, and I miss seeing you uh, in person. We all do. Uh, we miss seeing your faces. We miss the handshakes. Uh, we miss the 
chats about anything and everything and, and important things and nothing uh, before and after services or before and after ministries during the week. Uh, we miss those connecting points. We, we miss the ability to do that. We can still do that socially on social media, and people are doing that and taking advantage of it. I'm trying really hard to keep up on all your messages. Please be patient with me. I'll, I'll continue to try, and I'll get to all of them eventually. Uh, I'm committed to that. But I am so blessed. We are also blessed that we get to be church together with you. Uh, all of you who are a part of this Hope family, but also those of you who are part of other church families that uh, are in different communities all over the world, uh, in a broader sense and in a very real biblical sense, we get to be the church of Jesus Christ together, uh, regardless of our uh, congregational memberships or our denominational memberships. We're all one. We're all united as the same body, sisters and brothers in Christ. Uh, And, you know, remembering that during this Holy Week makes this Holy Week memorable. And if we're going to do a heart check on this episode of the podcast, it is so good to remember these things. It's good to remember we're loved by God. It's good to remember how much we love each other. It's good to remember that how dark it gets, God's light is going to break through. Your breakthrough is coming. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Uh, it's, we've got a great podcast lined up for next week. I can't wait to share it with you. Thanks for your faithfulness and tuning in, and we will see you again real soon. Uh, God bless and keep the faith. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there. I'm the typical.